Well, hello there, dead and lovely listeners. We are back with another mini-sode spectacular here with your good buddy, Uncle Ben, and my special sexy guest host, Tante Kate. Oh, she back here again because we just watched another dang old movie. In fact, I would call it the uh, romantic comedy feel-good hit of the summer. I'm pretty sure I'm getting some pretty strong John Hughes vibes off of this thing, wouldn't we say? Question oh, oh mark? yeah, all, everybody's going to love it. It's got to be one of those movies that just unites everyone. I mean, I think technically it might be a love story. Maybe? Question mark? Boy, howdy. We just watched Crimes of the Future, the new film by Draymond Cronenberg. Right? The guy that did the fly and stuff? That, that is exactly how you say his name. That's right. We went and seen this thing over at Central Cinema here in Knoxville, Tennessee, a scant few hours ago. Since then, we participated in lovely Dolly Fest, the, the festival celebrating Dolly Parton here in Knoxville, Tennessee. We had a delicious homemade Caesar salad. How was that? You did a good job, baby. Thank you. All credit goes to Not Another Cooking Show over on the YouTube. Really great channel. Gave me the recipe. Turned out great. We watched A Stranger Thing. Holy moly. It's going really good. Two episodes left. Woo! And now we're going to do a little mini-sode here about this movie. Spoiler-free at first. And then we'll, we'll uh, let you guys know whenever we're getting into spoiler territory after that i it's is there spoilers i know right like there's i guess certain things about like especially like the ending of the movie that'll be spoilery but yeah this movie is one of those ones where it's really more of a vibe than it is a three-act structure kind of story it's a fucking david uh cronenberg movie i mean it's It's, like it's cronenberg yeah so what do you expect right it's like the most normal thing he's ever made is History of Violence. Or The Fly, honestly. Those are the probably body, the two The body whore in The Fly is too... Uh, I would not... Let, I think that knocks it out of the most normal category. It gets kind of weird in there. Yeah. A little bit weird, I would say. But I... And probably Eastern Promises, but even that gets a little sideways. It does. Yeah, a little bit. I'll tell you, we've been on a little bit of a movie streak I'm this week. I'm proud of us. I'm proud we of us. We used to go see the movies... All the time. All the damn time. And I loved it. Yeah. It's what we always used to do. Back back when we were chilling. Just chilling. Just younger than a damn baby. With with no cell phone bills or rent bills or... Ooh, or big time YouTube channels to keep up with. All this and nothing. that. All these dogs running around. We'd go see four or five movies in a week. We would. And then we finally moved to Knoxville, which is to say like... 30 minutes closer to every movie theater that we went to. And then a pandemic happened. within walking distance of two theaters. Yeah. Yeah. And then the pandemic happened and we couldn't see movies for a long time. Yeah. So I'm happy to be seeing movies again. In the past, like, week, we have seen... In theaters. In theaters, no less. Yeah, we saw Men, which we did a mini-sode on. Loved it. Still love it. Cannot wait to watch that again. We, last night, watched the Bob Berger movie adorable fantastic just a good old time hour and a half episode and it was so cute so fun and then we watch this today if i could go back in time if i could turn back time share style would have flipped today and tomorrow yesterday you know i would have worn a high-waisted bikini with mesh over it on a, a battleship or whatever she was doing in that video i think that was that video it was was that a battleship 
If I could turn back I know this song. I think there was a big boat. I thought there were just sailors. Maybe there were sailors. I don't know. Maybe we watch the music video when we're done. We might have errands to run after this and just go and scope that out on the YouTube. I don't know. Uh, but if I could turn back time, share style, I think I would say I would have started with Crimes of the Future, then done Men, then done Bob's Burgers. I think Bob's Burgers is always the right you want finisher. The, the mood lift. I want the mood with. lift at the end. You know, yeah. I want that ramp upwards, and then just the coasting down the hill that Bob's Burgers was, which is a good time. It's a good time. Um, this movie going into it, we're in the spoiler-free section right here, so we're not going to be blowing anything that you didn't really pick up on in the trailer. This movie is, uh, boy, it's something. What did you know about this going into it? All I knew about this movie was that it was David Cronenberg. Kristen Stewart was in it. I thought she would have a bigger part. Yeah, me the too. The way the trailers that I saw, but that's I probably got the trailers that were geared toward my demo, which would show more Kristen Stewart. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And v, I knew Viggo Mortensen was in it. And I knew it was like dystopian, creepy. I thought it, there would be... A lot of body horror. Yeah. And I thought... I mean, that's Cronenberg. Yeah. yeah, Like, I thought there would be a lot of body horror. I thought it would be really dark. And, I, you know, aggressive action, if there was action. Because he Mm -hmm. tends to, like... He tends to play things pretty sedately. And then when he decides to put some action in there, it is intense action. Like, it's there. Yeah. The violence is boom goes the dynamite in a Cronenberg movie. Yeah. From the trailers and stuff that I saw for this... You know, I knew that it was about this dystopian future where humans had evolved past the point of pain and people were engaging in recreational surgery and body modification. Oh, so you were already way ahead of me walking into the theater. I guess so. I was not prepared. That's kind of all that I knew. And I was like, I wonder how they're going to build a story around this. Like, what is a crime of the future exactly? Like, maybe this is going to turn into some kind of weird detective story or something just based on the title. I Based on the title, which I can never remember, every single person, I was like, oh, we're going to go see this movie tonight. And they would ask, oh, what is it? And I was like, it's the new David Cronenberg. And like, what's it called? And I would every time, I mean, it happened like five times in a row within two hours. Yeah. Like, I would have to look it up. And by the time I finally registered the title, I was thinking the Tom Cruise Pluck an Eyeball future movie. Oh, damn. Minority Report. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, well, I wonder if they're kind of going to go in that direction. Hmm. Spoilers for that movie. Yeah. You know, this movie is okay. Let me ask you this as a listener and as a participant in the podcast, it really kind of depends on your David Cronenberg enjoyment level i would say i think cronenberg is like one of those directors that you should kind of know what you're getting into like his past few movies have been more normal yeah a normal ish so you need to make sure that you're understanding like a director's body of work like so like going to see a cronenberg movie i know it's going to be dark i know there's going to be things in it that make some people squeamish if I go see an Arnofsky film, I know it's going to be depressing. Probably have the Bible in it. Yeah, there's going to be like, you know, old world literature undertones. Yeah. If you go see a Lynch film, you're going to feel like you're on acid. I'm in a dream. Yeah. 
Um, if you see a Gaspar No movie, you're gonna want to kill yourself afterwards. Yeah, like there, are, he's just expectations. In that, yeah, he's just in that league of directors of this is what you're getting. Or uh, what's the fucking woman that I don't like that everybody loves so much? Um, I feel that bad for woman. not mentioning a woman director. Uh, I don't know. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Steven loves her. Oh, um, Diablo Cody. Yep. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. Yeah, you kind of know what you're getting into. Like, it's going to be a woman going through some kind of transformation. Yeah. And, you know, honestly, Cronenberg is one of those guys that I I will say up front, like, I'm not a Cronenberg worshiper. Like, I love The Fly. I think The Fly is just fucking incredible. I love uh, The Fly. History, H- History of Violence is, is sick. It's one of my favorite movies. Yeah. I love that movie so much. Videodrone is, is absolutely fucking bonkers. And Never seen it. You really need to watch that. I think especially, too, like, after you watch that, you'll see a lot of things in this movie that you're like, oh, yeah, that's really familiar now. That's uh, one of the guys at Central Cinema. Oh, yeah. Was talking about, he's like, yeah, I like Videodrome better, but it's a, it's almost like a same world. You could see it as, like, a companion piece, I yeah. think, in a lot of ways. Uh, but he's not one of those directors that I necessarily, like, love his fucking movies. But I respect so much the fact that he has such a vibe. Again, it's like it's like David Lynch, where it's like within two minutes of any David Lynch movie, you know whose flick you're watching. Oh, totally. Um, and I call this the Radiohead effect. I've talked about this on the show, where it's like, I really don't like Radiohead, honestly. But I respect the shit out of the fact that within fucking five seconds of any of their songs, you're like, oh, I'm listening to Radiohead now. Like, yeah. I respect people who have such a strong thumbprint that you can identify it instantly. And Cronenberg is definitely one of those guys. And this is definitely oh, one sure. of those movies that just reeks of fucking Cronenberg. Um, all of the stuff going into stuff that you see in the trailer. Yeah, the esque Yeah, all the weird body horror, body modification. It's interesting, though, because in this movie, it's not necessarily body horror. I mean, The Fly is body horror, to the Without max. a doubt, like that. Video drum has a lot too. Yeah, this is body the erotic. Again, Which you can get that from the trailer. He gets he gets kind of erotic in his stuff either, but there were it, this gets so erotic in its body modification slash horror. They horny for some surgery in this movie. Yeah, that it's. I I even I was like, it was it had Hellraiser vibes. I can see that. Yeah, I remember you like leaning over during the movie and being like, was he friends with fucking Clive Barker or what? Because there is this just like, yeah, gore slash just sex. Like a like a BDSM overture, I suppose, yeah. would be a good way to say it. Like, it is in no way like Hellraiser. It is no, nothing like no, Hellraiser. No, no, no. But there's just a, a BDSM tone that kind of overlays some of the scenes. There's a lot of people getting real horny for being cut up in this. Yeah. So if you get horny for being cut up, you'll love it. Yeah, well, I guess there's no S. It's all masochism. <laughs> yeah, I suppose so. <laughs> it's all bondage and masochism. Seems that way. But no leather play. Huh? You know. So yeah, going into this movie, I, I've seen a handful of his flicks. I've not seen all of them. I'm by no means a scholar or anything like that. I've not seen a lot of his uh, most noteworthy work, actually. Uh, but I've seen enough to know going into this what I was getting into. And it performed about as expected. Maybe a few notches less on story and resolution, I would say. 
most of his stuff does not that I have seen, which has not been a lot. I've barely seen any of his stuff, but it's what I have. Like, there's not a clean chapter end. Like, he does kind of leave things open. Yeah. And the stories do kind of drift around. Oh, Although yeah. th- this one drifts a lot. Like, one of the first things I wrote was narrative drifts in and out of what we're supposed to be, like, marking. Yeah. It's a little unorthodox, which, again, is to be expected, I would say, from his work. Yeah. I would say, I'm, I really don't know how much else we can talk. I know, right? Without... Because I don't want to give things... It's not necessarily a spoilery movie. Yeah. But I also just don't want to, like, ruin some of the scenes. Well, let's talk about some of the themes that you could probably expect to be getting into from the trailer uh, of the movie, which reveals that this is a, you know, a humanity in the future which has evolved past the point of pain. And so, as Kristen Stewart says in the trailer... Uh, surgery is the new sex. Like you can watch the trailer and see that there are people that are modifying their bodies, undergoing optional surgeries. Uh, there's talk of like new organs and shit like this. And I think that this is a really fascinating uh, topic that you could view from a lot of different ways. I oh, think absolutely. that, you know, one of the most relevant ways you could look at this is with the oncoming influx of automation and robotic workforce. You know, it's like after work becomes irrelevant, what do humans live for? I think you could look at it a lot of ways in that kind of way. I think that you could also look at it through the lens of most art comes from pain. Whether that be writing songs or doing paintings or what the fuck ever you do, a lot of art comes from pain, even filmmaking. And in a world without pain... Yeah, I, I didn't even make that connection, but that's absolutely oh. a major theme in this movie. That's kind of what I got out of it, yeah. you know, because I, I guess I kind of see that because I see so many, uh, you know, bands and stuff since I'm in kind of the music world where it's like, man, when you're young and you're hungry and your life sucks, you do the fucking incredible work, you get famous for it, and then the pain goes away. Your life is really good. You're making tons of money. You get anything you want, and the work starts to suffer. It's like... Where does where does the work come from? Where does the value of the oh, art come from? This is why, because I don't hold this belief. I know, I know. I don't think you have to be a tortured artist to make good art. Let's call it the Fleetwood Mac theory. As somebody who has an art degree and has existed in the art world, I do not believe you have to be a tortured artist to make good work. Well, all right. But all this right. has been a point of contention we've always had. That's true. That is true. I'm definitely a more emotional artist, so... I think that's where my perspective comes from, I guess. Right. Probably, yeah. So I can see some of that going into this movie. I mean, I could even see this being Cronenberg being like, hey, man, like, I know people want me to make body horror and make you squirm around and feel uncomfortable with your body, but, like, my life is good and cushy now. Instead, I'm I'm going to make you dread the future. Yeah, like, I'm past the point of pain. So what does it even mean anymore for me to show you this? For me to undergo pain and surgery and torture and body modification? Like, is it even relevant anymore when my life is easy? Like, this might even just be an uh, uh, an auteur statement, if you want to look at it that way, about what it means when your life is beyond the point of pain as an artist. That, I mean, I have no way to relate to that 
but that is a good point for this movie. Like I, you've known I a would, lot of artists. You know I that would, that could be relevant. I would absolutely buy that explanation. I would yeah. never get there on my own. It's really interesting because, and again, you can pick this up from the trailer where these people, because they cannot experience pain anymore, they develop this sense of beauty and this sense of eroticism from. What trailer did you watch? I thought the same one you did. Absolutely not. I never, I never heard her say anything about sex and surgery, or All right, I've never well, heard anybody say anything about no pain. All right, like nothing. Well, I've, I've watched whatever the thirty-second Instagram clip was with okay. Kristen Stewart holding an eyepiece and digging around in yeah, yeah. his torso. That's the trailer I saw. Yeah, the one I saw was like a minute and a half. I got a little bit more out of it, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I think so. <laughs> I think that it kind of goes into this, you know, th- this realm where like human beings are always going to find uh, pain and discomfort more interesting. I'm not going to say better, but more interesting as entertainment. Well, I mean, it goes back like that's, and that does not spoil it because it's at the beginning of the movie, but it goes back to the whole, like the Coliseums, like. Yeah, people exactly. need something to do. Let's watch two other people beat each other to death. And so now it's people need something to do. Let's go watch people perform surgery on each other. Yeah, and cut themselves up. It's really strange, but I think also really, I would say, deeply in tune with the human condition in a really fucked up way. Oh, there's a lot to this movie. I definitely want to see it. At least once more, probably, yeah. probably more than that. It, I was not in the right headspace to watch this movie. Same, and I, I don't know what the right headspace for me would be. Like, what is the Wednesday where I'm like, okay, now's the time to watch Crimes of the Future. Well, like, I don't know where that exists for me. It's certainly not on a very busy weekend for me. Yeah, doing like <laughs> a lot of events and festivals, and First Friday's a big art. Um, everybody's downtown, open art, people doing a lot of like open houses stuff. Yeah. Downtown, walking around. My bars are doing special stuff for it. It was sunny and beautiful. Beautiful June day. Absolutely gorgeous. Everybody's in a great mood. Yeah. And then we're just like, okay, let's just hit pause on this like bright, beautiful, fun day. Yeah. Go into a theater, watch this movie. Come back out and get put right back in the middle of this super fun day. <laughs> yeah, we saw it at 4.40 p.m. Yeah, and then we went to go see an art demonstration afterwards. Yeah, like during Dolly Fest. Yeah. <laughs> we watched a lady bend neon tubes, and it was all joyous and delightful. So, yeah, that was definitely the wrong point to, like, let's, let's go watch this depressing dystopian movie where yeah. people have a hard time feeling... And the entire thing is like gray and brown and dark and grimy. It's very like, uh, what is it, man? Like the Russian architectural style It's where it's just like very plain and functional. I can't remember what that's called. Oh, I call that mid-century or mid-post. Mid-post. No. Post-mid. I'm going to have to look that up. (laughs) (laughs) Got to get fuzz beat on that That, one right there. That's going to just bother me to death. But really, it's like we had this like beautiful, gorgeous, sunny day where we were doing our thing and there was all this fun unity around Knoxville for Dolly Fest. And then it was just like, yeah, let's just pop into this post 
dystopian fucking future. Like, there's no explanation about when this is or, like, what has happened, but you know it's... It seems like a very reasonable future. Yeah, but it's also, like, far enough along where, like, yeah, human beings have started to visibly evolve. Like, so shit is, is do changing. Do we need to stop and do spoil Like, stop and spoilers? Maybe. Okay, I'll say another thing about this. Uh, actually, okay, two other things about this. Uh, if you are in any way hard of hearing, this is a tough watch. Oh, God, yeah. I desperately wanted captions. Yeah, guys. Like, we watched this, again, in a very small theater. We didn't watch this in, like, the Enormo Dome with the fucking 100-speaker system just, like, you know, blaring at you. And there was there was a lot of dialogue in this movie that I was having a really fucking hard time keeping up with. Granted, you are talking to a musician who is near middle age, but I do have better hearing than most musicians my age. Brutalist so like, architecture. There you go, brutalist. Now, now we're talking. That's that, the so, one. Sorry, everybody, that was going to drive me insane. Between two art degrees, we still had to use Google. Let's not talk about that much. I, I think that's just because we smoked our art history we away. We smoked it away a little bit, you know? That could have happened. Um, but anyway, uh, so this movie has so much dialogue that is delivered in the form of breathy whispers by Aragorn. Like, seriously, like, like I'm used to hearing Viggo Mortensen in Lord of the Rings being like, today we fight the orcs. <laughs> he has that and he has... I think I'd like to get surgery to remove my organs. Like breathy whisper shit, and that's it. He seemed like he was in a lot of pain for most of this movie. And that's the point. He was. Yeah. He was having a hard time. Yeah. But it but was God, it got hard to understand. But everybody like even uh the woman who I recognize and I don't know her name. Leia something or another. She's in like a bunch of the recent Bond movies. Yeah. Um, she and she does phenomenal, but even like she's not got a raspy voice, but she's still speaking like low, almost monotone. The cop that um, Vigo talks to, yeah, low, low, monotone. whispery. He specifically, his voice was so low and his accent was so thick. I it really wanted captions for him. Really, really. Also, like, a lot of French accents. I guess that this is a future where the French have taken over the world. This is unrealistic. There is no truth in this art. Never mind Napoleon, now that I think about it. And I started talking. <laughs> and they, and it's definitely, like, coastal. Because there's, like, all these rusted out ships um, setting on the beach and stuff. Which is also very Videodrome. Uh, so I'm not, I don't know. Yeah. But it's, like that's it's, a thing. It is very like it may it is a realistic near future. Where everything's shitty. Yeah, like I mean, it's we've kind of destroyed the planet with all of our waste. This and that. And it's not a happy place to be, and there aren't that many humans walking around. Doesn't seem that way. It doesn't seem like there's just a lot of people around. I didn't think about that until you mentioned it, but yeah. But yeah, that dialogue, man, it's tough. Honestly, like if it was between go and see this again in theaters or watch it at home with subtitles, I would watch it at home with subtitles. Oh, yeah. I, the next time I see it, I want subtitles. Yeah, I'm sure I missed a lot of stuff. Um, also, uh, 
trigger warning, mild spoilers. There's some dead kid stuff in here. That might be a little bit raw for some of y'all. So, oh, yeah. And it gets, in my opinion, it wasn't that bad. But I'm sure for some people with certain levels of experience, uh, dealing with the loss of a child, this could be really bad for you. Yeah, it is. And this is a spoiler, and I'm just going to tell you, trigger warning, spoiler. It's a dead, like, eight-year-old boy. Yeah. So... Whatever you're... Just be aware. Yeah. It is within the first, like, ten minutes. But still, you should know that going into it, if that's something that you can't handle very fucking understandably. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah. Other than that, just expect your usual Cronenberg uh, shit going into stuff and uh, shit being pulled out of stuff. That's about it. Yeah. Yeah. A little bit of nudity. Not a ton of violence. I mean, just this, the open surgeries. Yeah. Which a lot, yeah, like a lot of people are very squeamish about. So, and like apparently a lot of people have been walking out because they were too squeamish about it. That's the word. I didn't think it was that bad, frankly. I didn't think anything in this movie was very bad. Yeah. I could think of a lot of other flicks that were more gruesome and like hard to watch and like made my toes curl up way more than this one did. There was an element in this where like everything. Okay, I'll put it this way. I never felt like I was watching a fucking snuff film during this. Oh, no. The effects were kind of obvious. I appreciate that they kept them mainly all practical. Seemed to, yeah. But there were some things in this, uh, like the the furniture, I'll leave it at that for the spoiler-free section, that were like kind of silly looking to me. Yeah, I could say that. But it it works. Like, it's... It's an aesthetic. It is. It's surreal and dreamlike and weird, but also kind of silly, much like our dreams are. I don't know. This movie is It strange. has a lot to say. It does have a lot to this say. This movie has a lot to say. And after it's been out for a while, I'm pretty interested to see what proper critics who have st- who can study it yeah. And, you know, want to look up all the different references and stuff. I'm really interested to see what they're going to say about it. Yeah, me too. Because there is a lot here. And like I said, I think the biggest thing to take away from it is just it's an interesting study of the way that even when humans can rid themselves of misery and pain, misery and pain are still of interest. It's like that is integral to human existence. I think that that is a huge message that he has conveyed in a lot of his work. And this is really putting that message at the forefront. I think that's interesting. Uh, Maybe they could have built more of a story around it. And we'll get into that when we hit spoilers. Okay. Yeah. Let's. I think if you are a David Cronenberg fan, then you'll probably enjoy it. Yeah. I don't know if this will be anybody's favorite Cronenberg movie. I think that's fair, but it does feel like a, you know, it's checking every box for what one of his movies is. So if that's just your thing, yeah, you'll probably like it, but I'm with you. I don't really know if this is going to be anybody's favorite one. Yeah, I don't, I, having not seen Videodrome, which you said both of the guys at Central Cinema behind the counter said, like, the 
people behind us in the theater said, like, I've not seen Videodrome, so I've got no stake there. Yeah. Or marker. Frame of reference, yeah. But it, I liked it. It was good. I do want to see it again for sure. I'll watch it again. Yeah. With subtitles. For fucking sure with subtitles on it. Most of which will be parentheses squelching noises. Yeah, there will be a lot of that. How fun do you think the sound designer had with this? Where he's just like, let's see. Today, how, many, how many different ways can I make like a... <laughs> noises. Yeah. It's like, well, today I'm going to stick my hands through jello. Okay, now let's do um, gack. Now today I'll sand. do pudding. Now I'll fist a jar of mayonnaise. Oh, that wasn't there. So much squelching. <laughs> Whole lot of squelching. Maybe for the ASMR mukbang fans, this might be your dream movie. This might Ooh. be for you. I don't know you, but maybe this is for you. Did you get distracted by the squelching? Oh, God, it's so gross. Are you kidding me? Yes. Didn't didn't even phase me. Ugh, I didn't. Ugh. It is really slow. It is a slow movie. And that's, slow that brain. goes back to my whole, I don't think I was in the right mindset. Because I would keep, because it is so slow, I would keep zoning out. And then I would have to pull back in and be like, no, no, no. Same. Pay, pay, pay attention to this movie. This is There's stuff happening here you need to know about. I was zoning out a little bit. I can't lie. Yeah. I wasn't like glued to it being like, what the fuck is going to happen next? But you rarely yeah. really do with his movies. It's not the point. It's an exploration of an idea and a concept about the human condition, and it does succeed at that. Oh, very well. Was I necessarily entertained, enthralled? No. I'm not going to recommend it for my parents. Fuck no. They'll hate it. Oh, yeah. Absolutely so. So, I don't know. If you're a fan of his, you'll probably dig it. Don't make this your first Cronenberg movie. Oh, no. No. You... Not, have you not seen Videodrome? The Fly is a good first one. Great one. And History of Violence, like it's one of my favorite movies. I forget it's Cronenberg. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. The ideas behind that movie are Cronenberg, but the movie itself, I don't, it doesn't feel very Cronenberg. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So know what you're getting into whenever you go into this movie. Um, how about we talk about some spoilers? Yeah, because I, I just don't want to hurt. Like, I don't want to hurt the integrity. There's not a spoilery yeah. thing. Not really. This isn't one of those movies that hinges on, like, a big-ass twist or it's not a Marvel movie where the last minute some guy comes out and he's like, I'm snoopity-boopity. It's not that. Yeah, but there are... You should still go into it and let the narrative flow where it goes. And go into this knowing... And again, we're in spoiler turf here. Spoilers. We're going to spoil it. So we're, we're, st- we're starting spoilers. We're spoiling. Okay. We're going to spoil the damn shit out of this. So Let's watch go. out. Let's go with the spoilers. Um, this does in no way follow any kind of typical narrative art, three-act structure, nothing. Like when the movie ends, it's just like, it's over. There's so many things. I knew that the movie was going to end there because the color I changed. Know. Like I, I figured that it would, and I was just like, how long have I been sitting in the theater Oh wait, that was that was the last scene. That was the last scene, really. But yeah. then I was like, well, I should have goddamn known this going into it that that would be the last scene, of course. But still, like, I was upset because there was all these story threads that he had laid out throughout the movie that just never went anywhere. It's like those storylines were concluded, 
two days after the end of the movie that we saw. So I think that part goes back the narrative drift, like in the like where the narrative you'd take this one like oh the inner beauty pageant or what a cool idea yeah or I love that the um what was the one for the woman where she was going to start having surgeries performed on her yeah Kristen Stewart like got mad into it she's like fuck yeah this is for me yeah like it like there was a bunch of different places where like. The story could have just like turned and gone off in that direction and it didn't and it just kind of it would start to drift into a storyline then it'd pull back out and go somewhere else and then it would drift over here and it would pull out and go somewhere else and like you don't the only thing you really stay with is Vigo Morton's character. Yeah, pretty much. And that's it. But even then all of this other stuff is happening around him and he's not really paying attention to it. No, he's just like I'm this guy that grows My additional own organs. organs. But the narrative drift, part of most of what this movie was reminding me of, where it was reminding you of like the tortured artist soul. Yeah. It was more of like the avant-garde art world. Okay. Which is like, if you've ever been to like a snotty little performance art. <laughs> P, or, I mean, not up, that's not Upper East Side, baby. Damn it. But. Like, if you've ever been to, like, a snotty little performance art piece or, like, an open house at, like, a alleyway gallery and, like, I mean, you've got these people who are just dulcet tones and, like, speaking abstractly. Just huffing their own farts. Yeah, and you kind of just want to be like, okay, yeah, okay, well, yeah, and then they keep going and you're like, oh, no, no, you're just full of shit. Oh, it's like the Andy Kaufman of art. Yeah, and then yeah. it was like the like the trope of the old French art films from the 90s where it's just like black and white and here's like a lamp, a lamp turning on and off. People with champagne flutes full of milk. Yeah, like none of that is in this movie, but it carries, the characters had that vibe for yes. me. Yeah. And so while you were busy going through the like, oh, this is the tortured artist's brain. Yeah, yeah, art and pain. Yeah, yeah. I was like... This is the avant-garde world just smelling their own assholes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Navel-gazing. Yeah. Totally. And that's where I was in it. Yeah. And I can completely see that. I can completely see that. Yeah, the the weird way that the story set up all these things that you, you thought were going to be relevant, and then the movie just ends before any of them become anything. I thought something would happen with the cop, the new vice... I know, like Whatever. the whole movie, it was just like every fucking 15 minutes you have Vigo. Or, or the hidden government department. Yeah, Vigo would go meet with this cop, uh, the black guy you see in the trailer, and they talk about stuff, and you're like, okay, something's going to happen. There's going to be some kind of a, a sting operation or something. No, it never actually goes anywhere. It doesn't matter at the end. Yeah. Um, there's all this stuff where you're like, man, Kristen Stewart. Wow, in in the trailer, she has these lines where she's like, yeah, surgery is the new sex. And in the movie, she's so interested in becoming a part of this. Uh, It doesn't really ever go anywhere. Like, that doesn't matter. Like, she has so little screen time and lines in this movie, it's ridiculous. But she and the... Her male counterpart are in their, like, secret government division. The organ registry department. And I was like, this is going to go... Like, this... They're going to pick this up and go somewhere with it. Maybe they're going to have to come to terms with the new vice 
but they're like, no, nobody can know about us yet. Like we're still, that's part of all being a hidden or a secret branch. Is yeah. What, yeah. Yeah. What he said. Uh huh. Cause like it was still that where humans bodies are adapting to this new wasteland and we're evolving and growing new organs. So they're like, the government's already started this protocol, but they've not made it public yet. Mm-hmm. Which is why these like surgery things people are doing are technically, I think, falling under the new vice for the cop. Cause, like, That's Kristen a crime Stewart, of the future question? Yeah, like, well, because Kristen Stewart said was like when they first showed up and met them, when the artists first showed up to meet the government officials. Yeah. And they're like started talking about being performing arts surgery and surgeons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she goes, it's illegal. Oh. You know, so like there's, I thought all of that would come to some kind of head. Yeah. Well, it, and, and it doesn't. Like when the male, uh, the male counterpart in that department, you find out that he's the one putting together the, the inner beauty pageant yeah which i thought was really fascinating because like in in current times that we're in now you think about inner beauty you're talking about personality you're talking about who you are on the inside but in the future where we've evolved past the point of pain and people are into exploring what people literally look like on the inside and people are growing new organs and shit like even the term inner beauty literally refers to how beautiful are your innards Right. I think that is a really interesting thing to explore where you're like, wow, people would turn to that kind of vanity where pain not an obstacle. So there's oh, yeah. this whole thing where, yeah, Vigo is like growing new organs. Who has the cleanest spleen. Yeah. And who's the clean spleen queen, we could yeah. even say. So like Vigo is this, uh, I think of it as at like a higher evolutionary where he is like growing these new organs and stuff as somebody who's evolving faster than anybody else. And you're like, wow, he's going to win the new organ of the year. Or what the fuck ever in this inner beauty pageant that never happens. We never see it. We never know anybody else who enters. We don't it. even know if he follows through with it. No, he says he's interested in entering it. And there's like plenty of talk about it where you're like, this is part of the story, definitely. Nope. No, that doesn't really happen. I don't know. Like stuff like that is just like, okay, so this was like picking up a book that's 10 chapters long and I read the first three chapters. I don't think it's that bad. But it it does just stop it just stops. It just stops telling the story. Yeah. And where it stops is on this plot point that has been kind of going through the whole movie, but not entirely. They showed that a lot. You should have okay. expected more. Right. I, I, I guess you, it just wasn't what I was expecting the movie to be about. You should have expected to have seen that yeah. because they go through such a big deal of the boy ate plastics and he had this like acid that came out of his mouth yeah this like, like boy is evolving him. to where he can eat plastic right and then you know he you see him in this weird chair this like Giger-esque chair and lots of Giger all over this movie yeah but it's like and then they come to tell you that like which you can figure out as you're watching it but like they straight up tell you which that's what f flagged it for me was because he Cronenberg does not explain things. 
Like, he was like, here it is. Figure it out for yourself. Yeah. It, it's a lot of show, don't tell. But he explained that chair. I know. Where it's like, well, people sit in these chairs to aid in digestion of food. It, it helps wiggles man- your body around. It helps stuff. manipulate your body to help you eat and digest food. And, and that's also, uh, like I mentioned in the spoiler-free part, that's one of those effects where I was like, man, this just kind of looks stupid. Like, this guy sitting in this just, weird, like, uh, Giger uh, bone uh, chair. Uh, yeah, kind of groaning. Uh, and it was all like, that man did was groan the whole movie. He was just groaning around the world, man. And, like, the chair is, like, very obviously like an animatronic rig. And there's, like, these limited number of motions. It, does. it just looked very fucking... I don't know. It looked kind of cheap to me, honestly. It looked a little plasticky. You know? it, it didn't look so much like bones or smooth like mechanics. Biomechanical shit. Yeah. It, it just looked plasticky. It looked kind of hokey. So there's been this whole storyline about how like, yeah, Vigo has trouble eating foods. And there's these other people who have evolved or actually they had voluntary surgery. Yeah, I was going to say, I thought they enhanced themselves they did yeah it's it's not an evolution the way some of these other things are occurring yeah they had enhanced themselves to where they can consume plastics which is also cool like that's kind of like okay this is how they got into this dystopian environment humans have created so much waste plastic waste yeah that it's destroyed the earth and now we're in a dystopia and eventually if we survive long enough we'll you know evolve organs necessary to consume plastic yeah. that we have destroyed the world. That's cool. Yeah. And it's, you know what? That would be probably a good trait for us to have. Probably going to come in handy in the near future. Because we're already ingesting microplastics. Yeah. Yeah. Tons of that shit. So it could happen. Probably. We might be on our way to doing that. Except we're not having kids. So this line ends with us. Yeah. Dying so out. there's this group of people, yeah, who are... Able to consume plastics. One of them has a kid who is able to consume plastic. Like he has had the uh, optional surgery to where he can do this, but then he gives birth to a kid who can just do it naturally. That's kind of a weird line in this movie. Where oh, it's like, what is that I, trying to say? I did not make the connection that that was the kid's dad. And you're right, it absolutely was. Yeah. It's because everything was so fucking dark. So goddamn and mumbly and dark. With the exception of the cop. Everybody's just this like mousy white person. Yeah, they they all kind of blend together. Yeah, yeah. So that guy was the kid's dad, and he had had the plastic eating surgery done. Yeah, the guy eating the plastic chocolate bar. Yeah, or, like the plastic bar. But then him and his wife had this kid who could eat plastic. So oh. yeah, so you're like, okay, so what the fuck is the the choice of genetics here? Like, what is going on? Is it nature versus nurture? Like, what's happening here? That's kind of cool, I guess. Or did he modify the sun? I know. Because I that's know. why he was like, you're going to find things. Mm-hmm. You'll find things. I don't know. And then at the end of the movie, like the end of the movie, you know, after we don't have anything coming of this inner beauty pageant or any of this side, yeah, cop, cop undercover story, Vigo is sitting in his fucking breakfast chair squirming around being like, oh, I can't eat this vegetable mush. Uh, 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 uh. And then what's-her-name gives him a bar of plastic chocolate, whatever, to eat. And, like, the chair stops quivering around and moving. The chair is like, I don't need to help you digest this food anymore. And Vigo Mortensen just eats plastic 
and he looks so happy about it. Specifically, and cries. And that's where the movie ends. Slow zoom in on his face. So stoked to be eating plastic. Yeah. I think that there's something it in was there. It easy for him to eat it. Where he yeah. was forcing himself to eat other The whole foods. movie. And I think that there's something there about like our resistance to evolve the species. I think that there's, yeah. there's always this resistance. I mean, we fucking see it now. It's like man is hunter-gatherer. Woman raises child, cooks meals. Like, it's fucking 2022, and we're still fucking dealing with this shit. I think that there's this innate human resistance to evolution. And in this movie, Vigo, who is this higher evolutionary, finally just accepts, like, I've moved on. I need to quit trying to do old human things, like eat food and have my normal set of organs... And he just accepts it and goes on with it and is like, things are going to change. You think he's going to stop having his organs removed? But that's part of their thing. I know, because they're like, are you still human anymore if you're growing organs that humans don't have? Yeah. But, you know, it's like these are things that given evolution is is a fact, which it is, you know, there was a point where none of us had spleens. There was a point where all of us had tails. Yeah. And maybe our, you know, lower evolutionary brethren were like, are you even one of us anymore? You don't have a tail. Uh, yeah, it could be. So this is kind of exploring that. I mean, given evolution is a constant, there will be that point. Hell, we have a dang old friend, old Jessica, who was born without wisdom teeth. Oh, yeah. She never had them. She never had wisdom teeth. She's a higher evolutionary. That is true. And those that's happening more frequently. Really? I'm jealous of those fucking people. These things suck. Well, most people get them removed when they're 18. Most people have insurance. You had insurance. Don't remind me. It's fine. (laughs) I have it now. I'll do it soon-ish. Eventually. Eventually. But I guess these are kind of struggles that we're going to have to deal with in the long term, where it's like, eventually, um, let's see, somebody is going to be born with eyes that are able to stare at screens indefinitely. Oh, yeah. But be very bad at seeing far distances of the mountains and stuff like this because this is going to become a more valuable skill. And initially, we're going to see this as a weakness, as a sickness. But actually, that person is just adapting to modern life. Oh, is that me? It could be you. Because I can see screens great. could be you. You might be a higher evolutionary. Can't read a road sign. Nope. That seems important. But, again, given that within our lifetimes, more and more self-driving cars are going to be a thing, that ceases to be a weakness. Sidebar, I keep thinking about that dude who talked. That TikTok? Yeah. Yes. There was this guy. Do you remember who it was? No, I don't. But he was talking about how... Oh, is it the history guy that I love so much? It's the guy, yeah, that just loves pointing out weird stuff about history. Um, His wife... It's one of my favorite TikTok channels, but his wife just like walks up on him all the time. And he's, she's like, hey, what are you thinking about? And it's always just this like random bullshit. Definitely scripted, but it is fun. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, very scripted. Which is to say 99% of TikTok. Right. But he was like, the evolution of self-driving cars, it's going to help the elderly people get places. As it happens more frequently, 
these cars are going to arrive to definite destinations with corpses. Yeah. Which is true. And I cannot stop thinking about that. A whole lot of taxis accidentally going to become hearsts. Yeah. Like, that's exactly what it is. It's a thing. But, you know, it's like, we'll see a lot of these um, next evolutionary traits uh, as weaknesses, but actually they are more adapted to modern human life. So this is exploring things that are going to be very and relevant. If if we destroy the world because we don't clean it up and stop using so much fucking plastic all the time. Stop using plastic. Stop wrapping my organic vegetables in plastic. It's true. Grocery stores. Yeah. Single use plastics. It's fucking stupid. Fucking stop it. Come on. Like, we're gonna cover the earth in plastic and it's gonna die. Yeah. And you know what? If we can evolve to digest plastic, that's going to save a lot. Yeah. I mean, hell, it's like may- maybe so many of the people that we view as having, you know, weaknesses where it's like, I can't eat 90% of food. Maybe these are people that are evolving to be able to fucking eat plastic and save the damn environment and the human race. But we view it as a weakness. Yeah. Could be. I like talking about this movie a lot more than watching it. I can tell. You know? Like, honestly, sitting there watching the movie in the theater, I, I was getting bored. I was zoning out. There was no no real structure at all to the story. There wasn't any kind of no. like, oh, my God, intrigue. What's going to happen next? There's really none of that. But the, the topics are cool. The topics are really, really cool, which is why I want to watch it again for sure. Now knowing what it is. But I think I we were maybe 10 minutes into this movie and I leaned over and I was like, I'm going to have to watch this movie a second have time. Have to, yeah. Because I already knew that this was going to go someplace that I wanted to see, but I was not in the right frame of mind to really soak it in. Same. Yeah. Like an early June Friday, beautiful day with Dollywood Fest in our neighborhood. Dolly Fest. What did I say? Dollywood is the... You know damn well what I meant. Theme park. <laughs> Not the right day to see this. No. So that's kind of on us. It is. It's not the movie's fault. No. The, um... Who are those two women? Dude, those ladies. What was their fucking deal? They were, like, really mad into... I, I guess they, they seemed like people that were... People that went around and serviced these biomechanical units that people had in their house. They, yeah, they showed up as engineers, but then they got like so erotically charged from the autopsy table yeah. that they just like got naked and got on it. Yeah, they were like, oh, maybe we're going to be in your performance art now. He, 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 he. That's the only levity what in the, the whole movie, right? Yeah. That was the only levity. But even then, it was so surreal and like, but then they, why are the they fuck are they taking their clothes that off? That dude with a drill bit. Why did they do that? I like that. I mean, for the those two alone, I've got to rewatch this movie. Yeah, I don't understand what the fuck. They I feel were like doing. I'm zoned out on a part where maybe I missed that. Like, why? Why I missed was, it too? Was it just because he had his son modified? I have no idea. Like, honestly, I legit just don't know what their relevance was. They're like the Rosencrantz and Guildenstern of the movie, yeah. only I don't know what they were doing. Like, what was their whole motivation? They were like the cable guys who are also these subversive fucking political forces. I don't understand what the fuck the point of those characters was. Yeah. 
I don't know who they were, what they were doing. No, it was really strange. Soundtrack was cool. Was it? Yeah. There was mainly like one theme through most of it, but it was cool. I liked it. Uh, kind of like modulated keys and stuff a little bit. Sort of nice. It's one of those loops of chord progressions that kind of felt like it was constantly evolving. I felt like that was kind of within the theme of the movie. That was cool. Man, I wish uh, the speech was more intelligible. That would have been good. Yeah. I, even even the when the movie theater worker was like, I wish we could play it with captions. Yeah. I was like, yeah. That's... That's saying something. Like, it is. I, I want every movie to have captions all the time. Especially, man, like fucking after spending two years at home watching movies only on our TV with captions. Yeah, I fucking miss it. Yeah, I miss the pause button. Yeah. Man, I had to go pee so bad. Same. And I was just like, just hit, I like, there's no way I can get up and leave. Like, and I knew it wasn't a very long movie. Like, it was under two like hours. An hour 45 ish. Yeah. Yeah. It's so, like, I knew it wasn't very long. We're probably halfway three quarters through and I was like I have to pee so bad but I know if I leave I may as well just stay gone there's no way I can come back in no because there's no you know like a lot of movies like oh it's a car chase scene I'll just get up and go to the bathroom here or like okay it looks like they're about to have like some exposition just fill me in I'll be right back no not with this no there's just like you can't there's barely any dialogue and it just, like, I don't even want to say jumps around. It just meanders. It the it just it meanders. Is meanders. Yeah, it is. It is. It's like there's no way. It doesn't matter how fast I can pee. I'll never catch up. Did you think any of the uh, any of the gore, violence, whatever, was especially shocking or excruciating to watch? No, not at all. Um, the only thing that like kind of caught my breath was when they were doing the autopsy on the dead kid. Yeah. That you saw his dick. That was, you know what? Like, there's a lot of movies where like, yeah, you see like a naked baby and you don't think anything of it. But this is like a eight or nine year old kid. Yeah. That's a little weird to see on screen. That was, that was the only like off putting thing for me. I was like, we, you, you did, you could have just had somebody shift their shoulder. Yeah. Or like, there's a towel over his dick. I don't think this world would have put a towel out. Probably not. But you like you could have just had the ca- like just have somebody walk in front of the camera as it's moving around. Yeah, yeah. Or like just angle it so you're looking over somebody's shoulder. Like there's a lot of things you could have done. That Which was really the only off putting thing. But yeah. I am not a squeamish person. I have never been a squeamish person. Sure. Um when I was like fourth grade or something nine. Oh, nine. <laughs> okay yes um we went to some like civil war reenactment for the confederates because this is tennessee jesus christ man um but they were we i ended up staying at the tent with the army doctor because i thought that was the most fascinating part like yeah, probably. everybody else was like wandering all over at the battlefields and the guns and I don't know, whatever else Let's was see out the there. blood. Show me that juice. Yeah, but like, I was like, and like kids were getting sick because Aww. like, he was demonstrating stuff and like the nurse would have stuff. Like she had like the old tools and she would like show us the tools and like they were getting like descriptive like with the bone saws and gangrene and I was like in it. 
And everybody else just like kept being like, nope, gross, and like leaving. And like near the end of it, the guy was like, you could probably go into medicine because I just don't get squeamish. With yeah. So I know people have been walking out of this movie. I assumed it was because of the just all of the open surgeries you're seeing. I mean, you don't see an autopsy on a dead child in movies very often. But that's at the end. Like, a lot of people are leaving early on, and I think it's because the mom killed that kid. I mean, that's in the first damn five minutes of the movie. I know. That is right there at the top. I don't know. Like, I guess there was... I'm trying to even remember what it was. You didn't get very squeamish, did you? You No. You didn't pull back. I want to say that there was like one thing that had me kind of squirming a little bit, but like I can't even remember what it was now. So it couldn't have been that bad. Was it when the two of them were like cutting each other? No, that wasn't a big deal. Was it Kristen Stewart digging around with the tube? No, that wasn't that bad. There was like the zipper in his stomach that he had installed or whatever. Oh yeah, she did like suck on that wound. Oh, by the way, there was this like weird, like abstract stigmata wounds on him, like the way they were cutting into him, which I thought was weird. Like, I don't think I noticed that. Yeah. Like, I mean, the, it shouldn't be a horizontal, it should be vertical, but like all the like little, like the spear pokes. Which yeah, would, yeah. you know, like were the tubes where they were like viewing the organs and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like it was, I'm sure that he was doing something with that. But again, I need to watch it a second time. I think so. But yeah. It was, it was like a fucked up stigmata. I didn't think it was like that nasty or that gruesome or weird. I don't know. Like honestly with this movie. Why do you think people were walking out? I, I couldn't tell you. Like, in my opinion, it was just like, yeah, probably dead kid autopsy. But like you said, that's not like the very end of the movie. And it's not that, like, let's celebrate how shocking and fucked up this is. Ooh, it's nasty. I'm cutting open a kid. Like, it's very... Clinical. Clinical. Yeah. yeah, it is. Like, it doesn't really seem like this is supposed to be really, you know, glorifying how shocking this is. It is very much like watching, yeah, just whatever, any surgery video on fucking YouTube or whatever. I don't oh, think it's really I, I've, I've seen surgery crazy. videos that made me more squeamish than this movie. Oh, yeah. The weird thing in this, too, is like even in like the autopsy scene and some of these other scenes where people are getting cut open and shit, not really a lot of blood. Like there's not really a lot of juice in this. There's not a lot of blood. But People I mean, get cut open, they dry inside. Movie blood's different than real life blood. Tell that to Argento. <laughs> I should. Somebody needs to tell him. He thinks people's full of marinara and tomato paste. He thinks they're full of neon pink paint. Exactly. <laughs> Who's to say they're not? I don't know. Could be. Could be. But yeah, I, I don't. I'm not quite sure why people were leaving this movie. It was less shocking than I thought it would be. Like I, I thought whenever I watched the trailer and it was showing us like. Whoa, she fucking unzips his stomach and whoa, there's this guy that has his eyes and mouth sewn what shut. What trailers with tons of did ears. you watch? Apparently the ones that showed the whole fucking movie. Seriously. Like I think that the trailer that I watched is like everything in the movie minus dialogue. It showed all the silent scenes and that was it. it this is baffling to me. That's it. But like seriously, like in in the trailers where it's showing us like this guy has ears sewn all over to his body. But he has his eyes and mouth sewn shut. 
I was like, man, if that's what they're showing me in the trailer, this is going to be fucking nuts. No, the movie's not really more nuts. See, like, that. and I thought the fly got gross. The like, fly is way grosser than this. Like, and it's so wet and sticky. Ugh, nasty. Like, the fly, like, I didn't think this got close to that. Well, because everybody's just so okay with it because they don't feel pain anymore. They're just like, oh, yeah. yep, sewed my eyes shut. Boop. I guess it is kind of interesting. And again, this is where the topics are more interesting than the story. It is interesting to explore uh, what you call like violence without pain. Like when people can be put through extremely painful things but not be expressing pain, what is that like? That's kind of a new thing to see on film, I guess. Well, and that's why I was like, it's not, because like I said at the first that it was BDSM, but there's there's no S. No, nobody is being no, the, put into pain. It's The S is the, you enjoy giving pain to others. Yeah, there's no pain that's to be That's not felt. there. Yeah. it's It's everything is about making the person you're cutting into feel something because their performance art pieces where she's performing surgery on him with that weird little melted frog robot. What the fuck was that? I don't know. It looked like a toad that had kind of melted. It was like the game of Simon got tossed into the frog, uh, the fly telepod with a frog. Yeah. It was That's weird. what it looked like. Um, But like, that was erotic. Oh, they were like mad horny for this fucking surgery. Like every time that you saw their performance piece, it was erotic. They were diddling on that thing. Yeah. For sure. It's weird. Weird. That's Cronenberg. Yeah. Eh, I don't know. Did he, I love it? No. It's did interesting. It, did it explore interesting topics? I, yeah, absolutely. Like I can't think of any other movie that has explored some of these ideas. And it is really interesting, you know? And, and, and again, like, given the, the, the long enough timeline of humans, should we continue to exist, these are things that might become relevant eventually. Yeah. So it's interesting to kind of ponder those now, you know, thousands of years in advance. It's cool. I hadn't thought about that stuff. Yeah. So that's we cover neat. the world in plastic and we're going to have to evolve to eat it. Yeah. I could probably also read like two or three, you know, three paragraph like thought experiment kind of things that somebody has written like, hey, what if pain didn't exist? What would that be like? And I'd probably get the same effect rather than spending a glorious Friday afternoon watching this movie. I would probably get really irritated reading those paragraphs. Probably. That seems like the kind of thing I would not enjoy reading. I'd just get mad at the author. I'd start thinking about it. I'd do some thinking. So, overall, I didn't love it. I didn't love it. I won't I won't even recommend it to everybody. No, not at all. But it's, it's interesting to watch. I'm glad I saw it. I'm definitely going to see it at least one more time. Agree. Totally agree. You got any other topics you want to explore here? No, I think that's about it. The um, I really liked the world he created, like this, just like the look of it, yeah, and how well he made this like believable dystopian future, where we basically just suffocated the earth, and now this is what we're left with. I really liked that look. It's kind of a love story. Like I think you could, 
if I sat here long enough, I could probably make an argument for it being a viable love story between yeah. those two because they obviously cared very much for each other. They bonded over their art. A regular uh, uh, Kirk and Courtney they were. Wait, sorry. Kurt and Courtney they were. Careful. Don't worry. I've been drinking a lot of vodka tonight. <laughs> but it's it, it's almost a love story in that like, even though... There's no real passion in their voices. They are always there with each other. Mm-hmm. Like it's a comfortable evolution between the two of them. And like she's the one who brings him the plastic bar to eat. To like it's you need to stop torturing yourself. Yeah. Because he's in so much pain for this whole movie. Which means she's also just like accepting of him like, you are higher evolved, just just go with it. Yeah, just something enjoy more. this. Yeah. yeah, and it was even kind of cool too where like the whole movie it had been building to this um, erotic tension between Kristen Stewart and Viggo Mortensen and like she tries kissing him and he just kind of like puts the brakes on it and is like, I'm not good at the old sex. And then the scene stops. Like, that was almost kind of funny. Like, that was a Cronenberg joke. Oh, for sure. Sorry, I'm not good at the old sex. Scene ends, and then it's like, yeah, there's really no more of that in the movie after Mm -mm. that point. Yeah. Was that before or after he, like, shows... I don't know any of these people's names. Everybody whispered. They were weird names, and they were mumbling... They're all like single syllable names too. Like his name was almost Saul, but it wasn't. I was questioning: is it Soul, like the Sun, or is it Saul? I I don't think. I don't think it's either one of those. I I think it's something else. But like when he like shows her that like scar he went and got, like where he had that surgery, the zipper thing. Yeah. Yeah. And like, and he shows it to her like almost ashamed, like I did this without you, but then she's visibly turned on by it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he just keeps like holding his shirt up, and she just keeps staring at it. It's weird. Was that before or after the Kristen Stewart scene? I think that was before. I really don't know, honestly. Hmm. I don't remember. Yeah. But it's, weird movie. Yeah. It. Not normal. Not normal movie. Certainly not normal. If you go into it expecting not normal, you'll be stoked. Yeah, you'll you'll get it. It's a Cronenberg movie, so there you go. I, I enjoyed it. If you like Cronenberg, I think you'll enjoy it. Yes. I think if you like esoteric movies where you have to kind of think about it and explain it and you want to talk about it with people, I usually you're going to really enjoy it. I think if you host a, a podcast, you'll probably dig it. Oh, for sure. <laughs> this is the most fun I've had with the movie is just fucking talking about the themes just and stuff. About it. And I want to, I'd like to go read some other people's reviews and talking about it, see what they saw. Yeah. Because I don't, since obviously I don't, I didn't even watch a full trailer. I don't even know if other people like this movie. I don't know yet. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I don't know if it's getting lauded or panned or. Not sure. I'm I'm interested to see where it goes. But go see it and find out for yourself. I predict if you really like Cronenberg, you'll probably really like this. So 
Get it, stoked if you're a fan. It it is a slow burn with not a lot of dialogue. Yeah. And no real conclusion. No zero conclusion. So maybe don't see it on a beautiful sunny afternoon where you have plans on kind of going out and having fun. This was more of a Bob's Burgers movie day today. Yeah. Our day was, yeah. It was probably better suited for that. Yeah. We we should have switched. I think so. We could have done better. But I look forward to hearing what you guys think about this flick over on all of our social media pages, our Facebook group, which is the only reason to be on that godforsaken website. Holy shit, man. Oh, the worst of humanity comes out on that shit. It's a cesspool. Except for during our our group chats and stuff. We have a good old group on there. Hopefully you guys join up, contribute, hang out with us on there. It is a good group because even when somebody sneaks in there, they shut the, the group shuts those fuckers down. We gang up on them. Yeah. It's true. Uh, also follow us on Instagram, Twitter, yada, yada. There's a Linktree page, Dead and Lovely. Just look at Dead and Lovely Linktree. You'll find it. Uh, tracks down, follow us and all that stuff. Support us on Patreon. Rate and view on iTunes and Spotify. Makes a big old dang difference. Do all the things. Do the things. Especially because they're free, other than Patreon. Yeah. Do the free things, at least. You don't have to do the Patreon. You can just share the podcast. Tell Be your friends about it. Be a lot cooler if you did. Be well, a whole yeah. lot cooler. All right, guys. We're going to depart, and I'm going to go clean the kitchen up. And, gosh, I don't think we have enough time to do another Stranger Things tonight. I'm I, dying to, but I don't think we have time. I think I'm going to fall asleep on the couch, baby. Yeah. I think we're going to maybe put on like a Try Guys video or something. Clean the kitchen, take the dogs out, and go to bed. But I appreciate you guys checking out this episode. Hopefully, you guys are doing well, and we will see you guys on the next installment of Dead and Lovely. I've been Uncle Ben. I'm Tante Kate. And we'll catch you guys next time. Goodbye. Happy surgerying. Happy surgerying. Surgerying. That's a verb. Have sure. a good surgery. Squelch. Bye.